I think we're back. Yeah, I guess so. All right. <laughs> back uh, the second half, and we'll get Scully in here. Uh, and as we do that, actually, I, <laughs> I was, I wasn't, I was expecting a little bit of music coming back, but I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I had a, an orange. In fact, I'm gonna while I reach for Scully, I'm gonna give a push. For those of you, those of you in Ocala, uh, the little town of Citra, you know, just just on the outskirts of Ocala, you know, right there in in citrus country and years ago when i was driving down and stopped in citra at the orange ring the uh, orange shop not the orange ring is a different uh, orange purveyor but uh the orange shop it's a real real old-fashioned 50s style roadside you know stand florida stand and uh i haven't talked about them in years but uh that's where I discovered page oranges. You don't see. I don't think you can get pages much anymore. But uh, in December, I signed up for the the fruit of the month. You know, they send oranges and grapefruits. And Tina loves the grapefruits, and I love the oranges. Well, they came the other day, and you know how you get the pink grapefruits. Okay, um, you're used to. I opened up one of the navel oranges uh, the other day, peeled it, and the the orange, the navel orange, was the pink color of of a pink grapefruit, and that kind of it, it's not it's not a blood it's not one of those blood oranges, but it's the that pink and they're just a fabulous navel uh, orange out of this world. So I I peeled one earlier and I had half of it left and I just it was in my mouth when we came back from the break. Um, so if you're going down to OBS this year and you're coming in that angle. The Orange Shop, highly recommended. Uh, they got they got nice. Uh, I'm a big marmalade. Got the marmalade. And they, uh, the uh, grape. How about the grapefruit marmalade? James Scully, grapefruit marmalade. Does that does that? No, <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, I'll try it. I would try it for sure, sure but uh, uh, it doesn't like immediately like uh, catch my interest. <laughs> Well, any mention of grapefruit makes me uh, mention the the absolute what what may be the funniest comedy gag um, of all time, uh, which, which involves grapefruit, uh, the grapefruits of wrath. <laughs> uh, comedy bit which is relatively clean uh gary gullman uh who is uh, hysterically funny i i've mentioned this before the grapefruits of wrath may be the funniest bit five minute comedy bit uh in in history it it it, it absolutely I need to check it out i will I'll check uh, it out i'll send a link it is it it, it it, no matter how many times I hear it, and it comes up on the comedy channels here on SiriusXM, uh, and uh, I forget how I, when or how, I think I heard it on, on, on one of the comedy channels years and years ago. And uh, it is my favorite, funniest bit. Although, Norm MacDonald with the moth joke is, is, is have you ever heard Norm do the, the moth 
No, I need. To, I mean, I may have heard it, but I don't remember oh, it. It's, it's it's unbelievable. It. it I remember when when Norm passed away, uh, watching uh, like watching some clips, like the Telly Savalas and like some of the other ones. So just hilarious. He he was absolutely hilarious. And who? Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of who it is. I know was a good friend of Norm's. Uh, that that was a business associate of mine. Um, there, 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 there's a Norm McDonald fan right there in the house. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I'll I'll put links up to both of these bits, but the the, the grapefruits of wrath and uh, and the moth joke, the, the, maybe my two favorite uh, gags of, uh, of comedy of all time. Uh, let's get a few things uh, done. How about a uh, Kentucky Derby report? First of all, your Sam Davis uh, reflections. Yeah, I mean, no more time. Uh, really good rebound. Had a trouble trip in the Mucho Macho Man and broke and got a good run from Paco to go right to the front. And, you know, to me, um, you know, he was being he was up there on the front end with change of command who gave way on the far turn. And West Saratoga became the weekend and upper stretch and just really got a plum trip. Uh, now, I, I, I do think he's like a talented, you know, middle distance, maybe one turn type in the future. But I, I thought it was a really tough trip for Agate Road. He was just too far back in the uh, early going. Heck, he was like six, like nearing the completion of the far turn. And he made a really good run at no more time. But like I said, he just didn't get the right trip being like 10th or 11th early. And, uh, you know, we'll see if that race has any impact on the Derby. Uh, no more time. We'll definitely try to get in. Uh, but we'll, we'll see if he's uh, good enough in the next prep. Yeah, that feels like a, a wait and see event. I got it. Um, and then, and then this weekend, of course, we got the risen star and, uh, I don't know if anybody's been talking about it, but the last five years, the, uh, uh, risen star has produced a uh, top three finisher in the Kentucky Derby. Yep. Uh, in fact, the last two years, it's produced a runner up in third place. Or she got seven top three finishers from the last five runnings of the race. And it looks like this year, like tomorrow's edition could definitely uh, have an impact as well with uh, such a top heavy group. No doubt. And uh, before we get into uh, that action, I want to do two things. Let's uh, let's get some uh, Twin Spires uh, uh, offers out there and let's talk the future wager. Yeah, definitely the uh, Twin Spires. We definitely have some promotions for uh, the uh, Risen Star Card program at, at, at Fairgrounds this weekend. We've got a money back promotion and select stakes. We've got a profit boost uh, promotion on the Risen Star itself. And we're going to have a uh, $2,500 hit it and split it on the late pick five, the all stakes pick five on Saturday. We're just giving away free money if you, if you cash that winning ticket. So check out those. We've got lots of other tracks. And, and promos as well. So go to the offers page at toinspires.com. Make sure you opt in. We do have a promo where if, if you're playing the um, Kentucky Derby Future Wager on Twinspires, we've got this thing where if you hit a certain threshold, we'll give you money back on uh, Derby Week for your bankroll. And this is pool four of the uh, Future Wager this weekend. I mean, Bataglia has to set a morning line and he pegs um, locked as the individual favorite. But it's just basically a case to me where Whoever wins this Risen Star is probably going to be the individual favorite in the betting uh, come, um, you know, Sunday at 6 p.m. when the pool closes. Well, I just, with Marcus, I just touched on the considerable number of runners, including a couple that aren't in the Risen Star but do run tomorrow. Tuscan 
Sky and Nash in the allowance, but uh, you know, then you've got a you know, another eight. Uh, Track Phantom, Sierra Leone, Resilience, Real Men, Violin, Catching Freedom, Hall of Fame, Honor Marie, uh, that's actually seven, uh, that are running. So uh, more than half the field represented uh, from the Risen Star in the future wager. Who uh, amongst those that uh, aren't running, uh, that may be out of sight, out of mind, uh, who might represent some value in here, James, come Sunday at 6? Well, I think, you know, a horse that I'll start off with uh, is uh, just a touch. I mean, I, I, I expect him to get played some, but, I mean, he's listed at 60, 60 to 1 on the morning line. It'll be interesting to see just how low he is because he's got this potential. He, he's looking at the Gotham and then, um, you know, the Bluegrass or Wood Memorial where he, he could be really good for Brad Cox. So that's one I, I would definitely take a look at, you know, a, as far as a uh, price goes in there. And and then, you know, it's uh, you're going to have a lot of other options to choose from among horses that don't run in the Risen Star. And I may even like sort of like take an approach whereby, you know, Maybe like a horse that runs second or third and there isn't star, I might like try to like get a little bit of action on if I like that effort. So, you know, it's definitely going to be uh, definitely a uh, uh, no, you know, no, no individual standout. So it's it's an opportunity to sh- uh, uh, shop for some value because all others is once again just going to get hammered. I would think in this in the betting. I you know I'm just looking. I uh, what time? Let me see if uh, the Sunland. Uh... If the Sunland, the Sunland Derby goes at six seventeen, so, so yeah, it's after. It's it's, it's after. Okay, and, because uh, there's there's the Bill Morey, right? The, the Bill, yeah, Lucky Jeremy, Lucky Jeremy. There. Yeah, I think Stronghold. Stronghold is in there. too. Yep, Stronghold is as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, you know, Informed Patriots not in there, but he's a contender off of that third catching freedom and the Smarty Jones. So that they got they got some good horses. You know, I like Lucky Jeremy's maiden win. Two starts back at Churchill. I like his effort in the Riley Allison Futurity. And, you know, if I'm going to get him as the third choice behind Stronghold and Informed Patriot, uh, I like him. I like him and like that kind of value on him in the Sunland Derby. I'll tell you who might uh, get ignored and who's going to relish another mile and an eighth and beyond is Uncle Heavy. What's wrong with Uncle Heavy out of the withers, right? And and the way Butch uh, talked about him and the way he galloped out, he's 40 to 1, and I bet you will get uh, even, a, I bet you that he might even float a couple points uh, closer to 50 uh, by the time... Uh, by the time they close this out. All right, future wager pool four. We'll get some comments from uh, KK uh, in a little bit as well. All right, uh, James, let's uh, get some opinions. All right, I'll just I'll start at Fairgrounds. I'll I'll uh, I'll hit the late pick five after I'll mention race three first. Uh, yep. That that is an entry level allowance. You mentioned Nash and Tuscan Sky. Uh, Moonlight's in there, but he can he'd scratch out easily for the uh, the Risen Star. Right. But I, I still think that that race is has got some pace in it. I, I think Count Dracula and Tuscan Sky will uh, guarantee that Nash doesn't get some easy lead if he shows speed from the inside with Flavian Pratt, like I would expect him to. And I I think it's going to set up well for number one Ethan Energy. 
In fact, I, I thought Ethan Energy's uh, maiden win two starts back at Fairgrounds was a really sharp performance. I thought breaking poorly in that LeCompte hurt him, and he sort of raced evenly uh, from that point on. But I still thought that was a great like effort uh, for seasoning-wise, and he had every opportunity to be second in the stretch. And I, I expect him to move forward off of that effort for Brad Cox. Uh, that was a good learning experience, and uh, I look for him to get the right setup and come rolling late with uh, Florent Giroux. So I'm going to pick Ethan Energy in race three. All right, he's going to he'll be he'll be he'll be the third there. choice in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean Nash yeah. Nash yeah. was favored over Track Phantom in the in the Lacan. These people have been betting Nash. I, I don't see him hopping off them for some entry level allowance. Um, yeah, just turning my attention to the first leg of the five hundred thousand dollar guaranteed all stakes pick five race ten. Uh, that's that's a race where you know uh, I could see you know spreading in the in the pick five. I'm not too keen on the morning line favorite Spirit and Glory though uh, she's coming back from a layoff uh i didn't really like her races last year on the east coast too much i mean i could see where she could keep moving forward at age five but i'm not gonna i'm gonna fade her and my my top pick i'm gonna give the edge number eight not not so close and granted you know she could catch some pressure up there but i like the way she concluded last year i i think that that sim f- uh, filter who beat her uh in her last start at keeneland at ellis park three back where she switched the turf i think that's going to be a great at stakes type philly for todd pletcher this year and, and that allowance at keeneland last time was like a stakes quality allowance uh since sese who ran second i like her for devoe walkathons a stakes a stakes horse two starts back not so close one an allowance at saratoga in her second uh turf start she beat sister luann who came right back to win a kentucky down stakes next out so i think she was running in some really good allowance fields and and show quality speed in those and appears to be training really well for norm and i think she got a chance she, she keeps moving forward as a five-year-old get out there and steal this uh, uh albert stall memorial i like number eight not so close six to one uh with santana Yes, and then uh, the next race is the Mind Shaft. I do think that uh, I, I do think Beep, uh, Beep uh, Best Actor. I like the way he concluded last year with those two allowance wins, and I could see him coming back with a big effort on the front end uh, for Cox and uh, Pratt. If the speed does come back, uh, I'm going to throw Happy American in on my uh, multi-race wagers. Uh, you know, I, I, I still thought that those thirds last two races were, were pretty solid, and uh, he's got the he's got the best chance of the late runners in my opinion so i got it uh three eight in the mine shaft very good fairground stakes you know there's another real sort of like the house stall it's a race where i'm you know i'm not not going to take a big stand in the multis but uh i do like a horse in there with a little value and that's number four rising empire uh i played uh him last time in the colonel bradley and it just not a good start uh, didn't break real well in the Delberto either, so I definitely would rather see a better start from him because he had broke pretty well. I mean, he led every step of the way through. He starts back at fairgrounds. He's two-time winner over the course. He likes the distance. I think uh, he still ran a solid third last time. I think he gets a better uh, break off of that trouble. I thought that was a trouble trip, not the best trip for him, and I think he, he's eligible to receive a better trip, better setup, and I'm going to give him uh, the edge with Lee Saez, number four rising in in the fairgrounds. Uh, you and I both were uh, all over Rising Empire. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then the uh, Rachel Alexander. I mean, what a dynamite race. I'm not sure about this love on the morning line for BV's dream. I mean, she's like a little bit of a buzz horse. I understand that. But, uh, you know, to me, uh, intricate is the, is the, should be the favorite. Is, I mean, she's the one to beat in my mind off of that gold rod. Cause I thought that was a pretty brilliant performance by her that day. And she's kind of type that, you know, uh, I definitely respect, but I'm going to give the edge to Alpine princess. I just don't see a lot of speed in this field. I think Florent Giroux is going right to the front with her. I think she's moving forward at the right time um and i liked her uh her front running win in the untappable so i'm gonna go right back with alpine princess on the front end in the uh rachel alexander she uh, she's gotten some attention along with intricate uh, this morning yeah and, yeah, and those are the, those would be the two I'd be like looking to narrow too because you know to me the the risen star is a race where I think if you know people that are playing the pick five or pick four any multi race sequence are going to be looking to uh, probably spread a little bit in that race and I'm just taking a stand. Uh, I'll just first off say um, you know Honor Marie and Sierra Leone, especially Sierra Leone, because I mean Sierra Leone is a 2.3 million dollar colt. I expect him to look absolutely like the best track every the horse on the track every time he steps on it. But to me, he's a horse that's like a deep one run closer in need of like racing experience, and I'm not keen to support him. I think his price at post time will be half of what it is on the morning line. He could be nine to five ish. I don't think there's any horse outside of California, any three three year old in America. That that has a bigger buzz than Sierra Leone, and I think he's going to solidly get bet down to favoritism, and I'm going to fade him in there. I like uh, Track Phantom. Track Phantom, to me, uh, is a horse that fits this profile that we've seen these horses come rolling through uh, fairgrounds in recent years, like Epicenter and War of Will and, and those types. And, and to me, they're, like, getting stronger in every race. I mean, they're getting better and better. Uh, to me, Track Phantom has improved by leaps and bounds since he broke his maiden in late November. I thought his effort in the gun runner was solid. He obviously was tired in the stretch and was probably fortunate there wasn't like a real quality late runner. But I thought he took a huge step forward in the uh, Lecompte. Uh, the number came down because the pace was moderate, but he was much stronger that day. I, I, I'm not surprised that Joel Rosario opted for him over Hall of Fame. I think his stakes experience, his recency fitness, and his tactical speed are all an advantage in this race. The first six horses in the field have absolutely no speed whatsoever so i look at it like we're track phantoms essentially breaking for post five i'm not worried about post 11 war of will won this race stalking the pace from post 13 and i think track phantom is the real deal and is going to keep moving forward and run a big race on the front end and i'm going to be betting them in the uh, risen star well and and this you know this scenario and and steve asmussen talked about it after you know we we talked uh, after the Lecompte, I mean, it's it's epicenter. They got all the same, you know, all yeah. the same trappings essentially. Uh, epicenter paid nine dollars. He wasn't close to being the favorite in that race. You know, that was the race against uh, Zandon and Smile Happy, and he just schooled him on the front end that day. And if you look at Epicenter, he had never been worse than a head second at the first two calls in any of his starts through the Risen Star. He led wire to wire in the Risen Star. He was a pure speed horse early in his career like Track Phantom. Track Phantom did show a little bit of ability to sit second in that uh, gun runner, so I'm not too concerned if he has to sit second with Rosario. But, uh, you know, right now at this point in career, he's a front runner just like Epicenter was. 
was, and I think his speed is an edge in the uh, Risen Star. I uh, can't uh, argue. Uh, obviously, the stable mate. Uh, who else? You know, if you're building a ticket, who else do you want on it? Uh... I would use Catching Freedom because I'm just like worried a little bit about these late runners, like I said, coming back and Catching Freedom. I mean, I don't see anybody really taking him, and I, I you know, he's he's coming off. A, I thought a really good win at uh, Fairgrounds. You know, the Smarty Jones has never really produced any Derby horses, but this year's edition <laughs> looked like a better field to me. So I respect respect his chance i respect that chance of resilience and from sort of a vertical exotic standpoint yeah. i liked his maiden win last time and uh, he looks like a horse with like some upside to me so those are a couple horses that i would use underneath him I, I, i'm all over resilience uh, as uh, as a you know as a exotic booster uh, without a doubt all right good uh, I got a quick pick at, uh, at Goldstream in, in a race, uh, race number uh, 10 on Saturday. It's a allowance and instant coffee is coming back. Yes, in he there. is. Five, yes, he five is. to two with Irad Ortiz. I mean, he's a complete play against in my book. Oh, I like oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. I like betting against these horses. Oh, these boy. Are, numbers, you're killing my man. Race it. And then uh, and I look at that die burning. I, I just didn't think that was a very good entry level allowance. That son of a yacht and uh, um, uh, Yo and Poppin or whatever. Uh, just not big fans of those horses. I like number four, Lure him in. Uh, he, he's, he's run big in two of his last three starts. He loves the distance. He's a six time winner at Goldstream. I think he's sharp right now. And uh, I give him the edge in this allowance. I'm going to bet the four, six to one on the morning line with Edwin Garth Gonzalez in race 10. And I'm glad you brought this up. The Royal Delta is the stake, which comes after uh, the 10th. And uh, it's it's pretty good. Uh, tizzy in the sky. Uh, the two to one favorite, which seems a little aggressive. Mary quite contrary tries to stretch out. I did not. I did not reach out to Mike uh, Welch, but I will pull up uh, Mike's. Uh, Selections. I did happen to talk to Al Gold yesterday, and uh, Al's got action all over the place. Uh, and he talked about Instant Coffee coming back tomorrow. And that race has also got classic car wash. It's got Barber Road uh, yeah. involved in here. I mean, there's uh, all kinds of things going on in this group. Uh, yeah. Diverted. All three horses, yeah. all three horses have, been, have, have placed or won uh, Derby preps in the last few years. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting uh, like a allowance race. I thought uh, I do have a last second push today at Aqueduct. Uh, try to get this one right today. Man, I was pissed about that. My horse didn't fire at all last week. It's all right. Uh, number race seven is a um, non-winners. Uh, it's an optional claimer. Non-winners two allowance conditions for state breads. I like number seven. Don't lose cruise. I like his effort last time coming back from a freshening. And the, really, the key with him is that he runs better from outside post. Uh, I love that outside draw post seven. I think he's going to uh, move forward off that effort second time back for David. Duggan. He's listed at 10 to 1 on the morning line, number 7 in race 7 at Aqueduct today. Well, the, the, you're, you're not making this pick 6 carryover any easier with that pick because it, it's, a, it's a tough race. Uh, it is. You've got the Dutro entry, uh, Big Engine, and 10 Cent Town. They're okay. Um, I picked 
be the boss in here, the maker. Be the boss. He, yeah. he, he's the most consistent performer in, in this group. He's got positional speed. Um, yeah. I thought the Institute was was worthwhile at eight to one for the Paz. Uh, this is a very tough uh, race. In fact, speaking of Al Gold, woohoo, that's me. Uh, Al's involved in this race. So uh, the, the, eight, the seventh, which is the feature uh, on the $30,000 pick six carryover, uh, very challenging, and you just made it harder. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that was my intention. Oh, thank you. Yeah, to make to make the pick six ticket part. Because now, watch. Because now I'll build my ticket, I'll leave him off, and and uh, uh, thanks a lot. All right, James Scully, everybody, and uh, James. Uh, have a great time down at uh, Fairgrounds, Steve. I, I didn't. And best I did, of luck. I couldn't go. I had to. I had to postpone. Oh. Had to postpone. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to hear about Casey. I hope he feels better. All the best to you, Casey. Uh, I appreciate it for him. I'll send, pass it along. James Scully, and, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Thanks buddy. There's James and some ideas. Boy, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. Yikes. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, he likes he likes he likes that horse. Unbelievable. And I respect Duggan. So, well, in fact, let me see. It's 11 o'clock. Uh, let me get Hammer in here for a, a quick hit. And. Uh, Let's see. I'm sure uh, by now Andy has probably uh, offered up the, the – actually, the scratches might even be on Equibase by now. Um, but let's see. Uh, Andy does have them. And there are some, there are some scratches, actually. Uh, the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Um, well, I got one horse coming out in the 4th, Bell uh, Tolling, that I was interested in. So that'll change. All right, so I'm glad I didn't do the work uh, on the tickets. Uh, actually, Al has scratched. Uh, the, uh, George Abro, uh, who, who that's me, has come out. Um, and then in the nightcap, Safalo's Mission, a horse that, uh, that certainly uh, you would have used or at least taken a serious look at. Here, I'll give him a quick rundown uh, for those of you that are... Uh, Playing the pick six. Uh, the first leg in the third, take out the three, Starship Defiant. In the fourth, take out uh, the six, Bell's Tolling. Uh, no changes in the fifth. In the sixth, you're going to take out uh, uh, part of the entry. Uh, heard on the street, uh, the one. You're taking actually taking out both ends uh of the entry because badge of war is out too. So <clears throat> the uh, Jacobson entry completely out uh, of that uh, sixth race. Uh, and that means some of the more, uh, I was avoiding, frankly, the Jacobson entry. So uh, it's going to take the price down on everything else. Um, and uh, you can also take out uh, uncle Eddie uh, is a scratch. The three, the Contessa, uh, then in the seventh, you're going to scratch the two, five, and ten. Beach Boy Al, Jeff Engelhart, the five, Disco Dino, Mike Ferraro, and the ten, as mentioned, Woohoo, that's me, who was the livest of those three. Uh, and then in the nightcap, you're taking out the four, seven, eight, and nine. The four, seven, eight, and nine, red DGP. I'm actually glad that or scratched. The seven, Dr. Settle's Dream, 
uh, the Mott. The uh, 8, what a blast, who was a 30-to-1 shot. And uh, the 9, Safalo's Mission, who was absolutely a, a major component. Uh, so there's your scratches. Uh, might help make it a little easier in the pick six, but uh, not uh, not not completely uh, uh, easier. All right, let's get Hammer in here, and uh, let me re uh, let me retweet that for everybody. Thanks to Andy, of course, for getting those scratches up from the uh, racing office. And speaking of racing offices, got uh, got Hammer waiting for us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're uh, been a hectic, hectic morning here for some reason. Up doing stuff. I got this going on and that going on. You know that's you know how that goes. Are you you around the house though? You're not. You're not. No, I am around the house. I am around the house. Yeah. I was just uh, just trying to get a bunch of stuff done before I have to leave. So. Uh, Anyway, we're back, and I hear you guys talking about some derby, derby future early on, and I, uh, I place, I got placed a couple. I usually don't do this, you know. I used to do the Vegas trip thing, and I don't have to do that anymore. But I actually did place a few bets on the last one. It was about three weeks ago. Yeah. And I like to, I like to do a little earlier, and I like to do it before some of the bigger races. Like today, you might like a horse, but if they run good, then you don't get the price. No. So. Um, I've got, I'll tell you who I've got here. I picked five horses. I think I put 50 bucks on five horses just to putz around. Born Noble, uh-huh. who's still in, I guess. He, he, he got beat in allowance race the other day, and he's headed for the Fountain of Youth, I think I saw. Yeah, he's 40. You got him, you got him at 41 to 1. Okay. Then I got, I, I said Carbone, which he's probably out. He ran in the... Um, what he been there in the race at Oakland, the Southwest. He didn't run that well. I got catching freedom. What, we, what did he end up with? Twenty-eight to one, and of course he runs tomorrow. He runs tomorrow. I've got I got this Japanese horse forever young. Ooh. I took him just because I know they're coming, or you know they're planning on coming. I don't know. He's he's like maybe fifty to one or something. Thirty actually got bet down a little bit. Thirty-four to one. Really? On the last one? Does he anyway get it up at thirty-four? Yep. Wow. And then uh uh the real long one who I'm I'm looking I what I tried longer was was uh, Kenny McPeak's horse, Real Men Violin. No, well, you'll see uh, you'll see where you stand. He was uh he was uh hundred and twenty to one. Oh, there we go. Now you're talking. And uh, I'll see. That's what I'm looking for. So my my cutoff was right at right around thirty, and you know I don't like to get anywhere below that. I mean, just if I get one in the gate, I feel like I won. Well, exactly. You know, you know, that's, that's exactly that's right. That's exactly right. Get me one in the gate, and uh, you know at least I got something to shoot for. And you know I will tell you, you know um, the last go round at Southwest Weekend. They had the, the, the Philly race and, and the and the Southwest, and, and I think uh, Kenny, Kenny uh, McPeak well, no. won both of them, yes, right? He, yes, he did. So as for what happened to happenstance, he, he called later in the week, and I've known Kenny for these 30 years at least. Um, so we're, we're, we're friends, and it's not out of the wild for him to call. So he called about another, another deal. And I, you know, I said, "Hey, congratulations on your thing." And, and he very matter-of-factly told me, um, "You know, I could do that again 
in New Orleans. Not a, not in a not in a touting type of thing. He just very, just kind of rolled right off his tongue, and I so I I kind of tucked that away. So I was very anxious to see who he was going to have in, and you know, lo and behold, one of them was uh, the violin or so. Um, I, I'm I'm going to start out the day tomorrow by betting a fifty dollar double. VB's <laughs> uh, dream and uh, real men violin. VB's dream yeah. real men violin. I'm going to tell you that just right in, off the just bat. Just in case, I got you. Right, because I can't not, and because uh, it, it was just the way he said it. It had nothing to do with what we were going to talk about, and he didn't. You know, he wasn't like, "Hey, man, check out my horse." He just rolled it right off. So I, I was tucking that away, and I was so anxious to see who the horses were because you never know. Uh, he, he lets them roll out here this time here, and I actually like him a little bit in the in the uh, in the mine shaft back. Smile, happy coming yeah. back, second race back. Yep, yeah. well, he talked you know? about he talked about him with me last week, two weeks ago. Did he? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and look, there's no one better when you have a, a you know a mid range horse than Brian Hernandez. I, I I just love when he's on my horse and and down there. You know, him or James Graham, I'll take any time at a, at a price, and not, not necessarily that these are going to be big prices. But uh, but um, anyway, feel good. Now, I was checking the weather on my trusty uh, phone last night, and it looked like a little rain coming. Yeah, there, there's going to be some rain. There's no there's no doubting there'll be some. Okay. And, and you know, that's just what you deal with down there. The the, the thing is, at least when they when when you get that, most of the horses have – some kind of form or at least you know if you know they race on on off tracks and they, they've done well or they haven't and uh, you know unlike if it rains out here in california and they do run you have you have no you have no clue if they if they like it or not but at least they're um you know feel comfortable betting on a horse that that has wanted to wanted to talk quickly you know last week i took a little run up to the bay area and after landing in beautiful Oakland, it was kind of a kind of a sad little little journey that you take. I, I, I headed up to Marin County, which is north. And so you get in you get in your car in Oakland and you want to get out of there as fast as you can onto the highway. But about five minutes up the road on the right hand side or the east east hand, eastern side is the Oakland Arena. And, you know, I've seen many, many things there. And as you drive by them, it's, it's now called something else. But the Golden State Warriors used to play there, and they no longer play there. And in the same parking lot is the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, where the Raiders used to play, and they no longer play there. And the Oakland A's used to play, and they're leaving town. And then you drive up 10 miles more, and on the left-hand side is Golden Gate Fields. And as you know, they're, they're, they're shutting down. And it's pretty wild that in a 10-mile 10 10 mile distance in a major metropolitan area in the East Bay, you know, the Bay Area has lost baseball, football, basketball, and now horse racing. And that little stretch. And uh, it really is it's wild. Um, it just at home when he, when he drives, especially the Golden Gate Fields one, as you drive by it, it's just... I uh, didn't get a chance to, to go to the track. I was hoping to get there on Saturday, but didn't. But we'll make a definitely a return trip uh, to there before uh, before we go. Just uh, you know, a lot a lot of a lot of history for me between in those in those uh, in those three uh, three arenas when I lived up there, and just it's it's just crazy. 
which is crazy that that area is, is they you know just they don't care about their their sports anymore and it's, and as i'm sitting in traffic too there's i mean there's just thousands of people that go by these places every day and they just uh left town so i don't know i don't know why that came up but it just it just hit me and i just thought about what i you know golden gate fields again last week um i don't know but uh down here and then uh it's uh we're we're rain free at least until the latter part of the weekend maybe and a rare five-day week at santa at santa anita uh thursday through monday and uh that came about because of some prior cancellations earlier in the meet including last week so they had attacked it on to the thursday and uh you know made it through the first four days and and you know it, it's uh it's a it's a tall task for the for the horse population here i've done a good job putting out the cards but i was surprised that they made it the five-day week and uh they do what they do but um you know, coming up here on the weekend, a couple of a couple of uh, smaller stakes, the Baffle, coming down the hill, and then the the Cowbred Spring Fever. And you know, interestingly enough, in the the Spring Fever, I don't know if you saw it as a Cowbred race, but it it turns out to be a a uh, rematch of the Grade One La Brea, where two Cowbreds were noses apart. With, That's right. Uh, right, with the uh, big pond for for. Uh, just getting nat- nipped on the wire by uh, Daddy's Ruby. So those two come back. It, it, it were so the month ago they were in a you know a, a Grade One race, and now they're coming back in a, in a Calbred race. So they'll they'll be they'll be the favorites in there, and it'll be they'll be hard to separate. You know, Daddy's Ruby always go with a little speed, maybe, and maybe he'll come back and and and, and do it again. But. Uh, um, that's the race on on sat on Sunday on Saturday's the baffle the baffle which baffle for for a long not not Baffert, baffle uh, <laughs> for a long time held the record and he may still own it I don't know the the down the hill record uh, from years and years and years ago so uh, we named a horse after him and it stuck around and uh like last week in the philly division the sweet life john sadler had one that snuck at a, at a big price that just fit the profile perfectly he's got a, he's got a couple in here but but final boss the two horses listed at 12 to 1 is coming off of you know looks like a little mediocre effort in the eddie logan going a mile but he drops back again to the six and a half he has one he has one at six and a half and not down the hill but he has that look at 12 to 1 with uh with Kimura on that that could uh make some noise in here i don't think there's a i don't think there's a standout uh hedwig from owen hardy's barn who won an allowance race uh, uh last out at uh delmar in november they got him listed at three to one i'd, I'd just as soon take the price and uh take a shot with final boss there at uh with a john sadler trainee who just did the same thing last week with the sweet life so um, that's some of the action down here um 
We got the Sunland Derby. Did you talk about the Sunland Derby at all? Just you know, yeah, we touched on it a tiny bit, and I mentioned uh, the field the other day, uh, and you know, Bill Morey, um, who uh, very quietly, that horse uh, Shifflin, I pointed out to everybody yesterday, is going to feels like an emergent sprinter for him. Uh, the Cantheros that kind of snuck in under the radar last weekend. That uh, he's now three for four. But here's Morey uh, with Lucky Jeremy coming back, and there's a Stronghold for D'Amato uh, in here. Asmussen's got informed uh, Patriot. Uh, those are the three principles. And uh, then there's some of the locals like uh, Joel Marr and, and Bart Hone and, uh, you know, the other Cowboys uh, that are signed on. Right. And, and you know, don't don't discount the locals entirely nope. in this in this thing. Nope. Uh, uh, one horse you didn't mention, a lot of luck, huh? who who you know sneak i actually went back and watched that he, he you know did, did, he 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 was second best uh he held on he held on fine and you know he's going to be he's going to be a bit of a price in there i i don't uh you know there's no no huge standout but i love how you say bill morey sneaks in on you and he he does he he just shows up in these spots his, his win percentage is, is always good uh, just like his dad's was um and since he's he's shifted tact to kentucky i'm going to say four or five years ago ish um he's built a nice sta strong stable up uh circuit uh, in uh, turf ways is, is kind of at now but he's shifted you know his his tentacles have stretched out and you got to watch him wherever he goes he's very sharp at placing his horses and uh, I, when I was going through this, I, I had forgotten that he'd come out and won the won the prep as uh, on the track there as well too. And of course, it looks like they they left him out there, which is a smart thing to do and not to deal with all the travel. So um, he could be very tough. Stronghold, you mentioned as well. Um, you know, wasn't flat. His stronghold was second in the Los Alamitos Futurity, but really uh, wasn't flattered by. Uh, the way the winner ran back, uh, I think he finished last in the in the Southwest uh, Weinstock, but Coach Prime came back and ran a decent race uh, in, in the race out here in the Lewis. So um, not sure what to think of him. Um, that second race, two back to Nisos, kind of stands out a little bit, and they don't see Phil D'Amato hitting the road with a dirt horse too often. So uh, maybe uh, they're looking to pick up some points. I believe this is a fifty. Is this a fifty pointer? Not at uh, not at Sunland, no. They cut that. Thing. Not at Sunland, it's not. Oh. Okay, did I think at some point it used to be when it was. It was. Run, it, it was. It was run a little bit later in the year, I think. Right. Yeah, well, they, they, the the time, not just the timing, uh, but it, it uh, you know, they 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 were interrupted, right? I mean, what? Uh... Yeah, they went what a couple years without it, and then they had to had to re up. But um, yeah, that's right. It was run. It was run later in the year for sure. Uh, it, it could have been like the final prep, where this is a looks like you know it's a prep for a prep. Well, they 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 cut out the uh, the mind that bird uh, and, and was was the other you know the that was the prep for this. There, there was two. There's two preps. It was the uh, not the was it the border is it the borderland. What's the the, the first? Um, well, the the Allison Derby. I the guess, Riley right? Allison. Yeah, the Riley Allison uh, borderlands for the girls. Um, the Riley Allison, the mind that bird Derby, and the Sunland Derby was was. Uh, so they cut one out, and uh, that's how we, you know, are where we are. And I and between COVID. Um, just let me just glance here at uh, 
the inner let's see which uh, how many they they lost at least two um actually it's more than that it's three of the last five years they uh, 2021 um actually uh, well not exactly it's three of the last eight years they lost the they had the equine herpes uh, problem in 2016 then you had hence runaway ghost cutting humor the pandemic canceled them in 20 and 21 and then slow down andy and wild on ice of late uh the last uh two years okay all right that makes sense and i think we were we were were you out here when that slow we were out there when we watched slow down Andy, didn't we at uh yes with doug yeah yeah that was the that was the race we watched and obviously he turned into he's he's starting starting back somewhere so he'll he'll show up he's one of the one of the few that uh are, have made it back and we'll hopefully we'll see him you know continue on this year unfortunately a lot of the a lot of the three-year-olds and a lot of the olders from from last year have, we're not going to see and uh i have a kind of a goofy story which I, all my stories are goofy so the other the other day I'm um I'm looking for something to eat here in the cabinet and I look in the cabinet and I see this coffee sitting there and I don't drink coffee so nothing means a big deal to me I don't know one you know bag of cup beans from the other but I saw a coffee sitting there and it says Medaglia Diora coffee and I stared at it and I got this little thing I'm grin on my face I go uh huh. That's where this horse is named from. Seriously, it just kind of hit me. Twenty years later, I didn't know where the horse came from, right? So, I'm, I kind of laughed at myself, and I said, "Wow, that's that's pretty wild." So it got me, uh, you know, stared at the stared at that label. I it got me thinking about the horse and about a few things that 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 when he was around, and of course Bobby Frankel trained him, and I told a little Bobby Frankel story last last week, I think, with uh, Roman, but. I can remember that horse. He was he was uh, he he ran at Santa Anita a few times, and and the part that the, that that got me was the one time that he didn't run at Santa Anita, and he was nominated for the uh, Santa Anita handicap, and it was two I think it was two thousand three. In fact, I'm almost sure it was two thousand three, and I can remember him, and I was just I just had become racing secretary. And I can remember him coming in or beforehand, before the weights came out and Micah Harlow and I did the weights and he was, you know, bad and that, giving out the reasons for this and this and this and, and, uh, and, you know, he shouldn't be highway because he has whatever, whatever the reasons were. I remember just bickering back and forth, back and forth. And then, um, came entry day. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't enter and he entered Milwaukee brew and, and here he was, we're, he was like deflecting over here. So he wouldn't worry about Milwaukee brew and here well, Milwaukee brew goes up and wins it and wins it for the second year in a row over, uh, over Conger race. And so when I was looking that race up, I, I, I actually, I actually put in the, the 2002 version of the Santa Anita handicap. And so I look at it because Milwaukee Brew had won that uh, in his first his first time in the in the race, and so that race in 2002, I go back and there was 14 horses in there, um, and, you, and then that that wasn't out of out of uh, out of the ordinary. And I'm looking at the race, and I all of a sudden I look at the horses that are in there, but more importantly, I looked at the riders that were in there, and 
It's just incredible. I'm, I'm going to read down. This is a list of riders that were riding at Santa Anita at the time. There's not one import rider there. And then just, just think about this, coming to the races every day. And here's your you saw. I'm going to read it from the top down. Kent DeStormo, Patrick Valenzuela, Eddie Delahousse, Alex Solis, Mike Smith, David Flores, Gary Stevens, Brice Blanc, Victor Espinoza, Corey Nakatani, Jose Valdivia, Chris McCarron, Garrett Gomez, Lafitte Pinkai. Ten Hall of Famers. It's amazing. And is that right? I just stared at that. I said, you got to be kidding me. And that doesn't include P-Val, who's basically, the, you know, the Pete Rose of Bull Racer being the... So this could be a Thursday as well, and you'd see those same riders out there. And, I mean, it, it, and that's kind of... You know, in the mix before, after, you know, the Hollies and Shoemakers and Toros left, too. But I just stared at that, and I just said, oh, my gosh. And that's, you know, 20 years ago. What a lineup. I, I, I uh, The only thing that matches that is maybe a a, uh, a winner in at uh, Gulfstream in, in the 90s when I was down there. But uh, incredible, incredible riders uh, that, that showed up to ride, ride in this race. But... Um, that's what used to be. That's what used to be. That was the that was the colony here, and the same way around the country. I mean, it was it was there were, there were good riders everywhere. But I just I, on a, on a fluke just just ran across that, and I just I thought that was just incredible. So anyway, that was that was one of my goofy little offshoots I got. But uh, what else? Uh, what else do you, you want to? dip into or who you got who you got coming on next i heard uh i got the we, we'll go, yeah we'll go back to uh new orleans we've got uh, the kks and and, and uh, we've got uh, uh, joe christofek too joe's gonna oh, close good. it out but i've got uh, both uh, kevin kirstein and kevin kilroy well we're loaded um and you know it's it's this time of year and what's you know we're talking about you know i've been got my involved in a lot of things talking about a lot of different subjects and looking at trends and it really it really seems without even trying we, we we've with racing with our year-round racing schedule in this country we've we've seemed to divide it into it's almost two two seasons now without trying the first part of the year is for the three-year-olds as the run-up to the derby starts going and the older horses you know the good ones leave town and the, as they don't come back and the older horse division starts blending in, you know, in June, July. And so it's, it's pretty crazy. So it's full on, it's full on three-year-olds early and it, and it's, and it's tapers off a little bit and the older horses get going. But, uh, you know, before you know it, we're here, it's only, we're less than what, three months from the, from the Derby. Um, and it's, it's here and, uh, it, it starts to crank up. I think this risen star race, year after year has kind of been the, the, the turn on race, or at least for me to, to say, let's start paying attention. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, um, as I, as I said earlier, I bet a few horses in the, in the future book, which I haven't done in a while. So, you know, got horses to follow and I'm, I'm just really interested in watching these races from here on out. Well, first of the 50 pointers. And, uh, I mean, just, just by virtue of all the ones that are, uh, in the future wager this weekend that tells you, you know, what kind of a what kind of a feel? People, you can tell people are excited, uh, you know, with uh, Sierra Leone returning, and uh, you, know, you you've got real viol, real men violin. Uh, this it should be good. I just uh, let's hope that the weather is uh, as good as can possibly be, because uh, yeah. there's nothing worse than you know than 
not not that the not that the performances are are you know become meaningless but they they don't i mean we've had several years some of the last few years of these run-ups where we've had a preponderance of of wet track uh to discern right and those it just messes with your mind when you're yeah, when you're trying bit. to make a decision uh, there's no doubt yeah. you know i didn't hear scully what was his his take on sierra leone i i'm, I'm surprised I, I i i myself i want to watch one but i was interested in what i didn't hear what he had to say he he he's fading him uh, in this spot, and, okay. and and that that's funny. That was partly my uh, initial reaction. Just the whole idea that you know, mile and an eighth, and and Chad's good off the break and everything. Um, but uh, there's two, you know, these horses that are debuting here, including McPeak uh, and Whit Beckman. They, they they've got two shots. Uh, winning the Rizzo Star is nice. Uh, it it's not. You know the ultimate goal. So I, the, to me, the horses that are in, right. that are in absolute form, uh, they're they're to me they're preferable. But uh, I can I certainly will respect and and probably you know cover uh, Sierra Leone because I won't be surprised. I thought Marcus had a good uh, uh, summarization where he said you know the two Asmussens uh, and Sierra Leone th- those are the three horses that that the winner most likely is among. I agree. You know, track phantom. I've, I've got a, 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 a buddy, uh, Jerry Caroon, part owner there. And there I know they're very excited. That's right. Uh, he named him or... Jerry. It's Jerry who named the horse for Dave Valento, uh, track phantom. That's, it was Jerry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So he is uh, very excited. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to jinx him by putting him in my uh, future book. So I, I <laughs> I told, as I called him, I said, I did your favor. I left you out my, my pre-book, so you're good to go. But, um, you know, fired away. And, uh, you know, they, he said early on, I didn't know the name of the horse, but he told me early on that they, they had one, and he's, he's very excited. So, But I, I, have, I have to agree that, uh, you know, that, that and, what, the Catching Freedom uh, is another one that, that looks like he's, he's live and ready to run now. But, um, yeah, Honor Marie and, and Sierra Leone will see how they run on their first race back. But like you said, these are preps. You know, this is where, you you know, over the years you start looking for horses that run okay in these races and you tuck it away. And, um, you know, they're trying to pick up some points now, and they will. Uh, but, yeah, Catching Freedom is another one that sticks out winning the Smarty Jones. And it was Brad Cox is just uh, – he has an abundance of these, and he's placing them. Uh, and he, he, dude, one thing about it, one thing about it, the, these these guys that these trainers that have all these horses, you know, Todd included, and of course Baffert when he ha- when he's when he's involved in the Derby, very good at picking the right horses to go to the right tracks. That's not necessarily an easy thing to do because every every track has its own uh, idiosyncrasy. So uh, Brad's Brad's caught on real well with doing that. Yeah, horse that seems to be going forward. All right, Rick. Okay. Let me let me get to. I got to get the KKs together and Let's do uh, it. lots to do. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, good. We'll we'll talk during the week, and everybody uh, enjoy the fairgrounds and Santa Anita and everywhere else you're placing it. See you at the races. Away they go, uh, Hammer, and uh, we'll check in next week. Let's uh, let's get the KKs, and we are going to put them together. I I threatened the two of them with that, you know, because I'm. I'm such a cornball, so uh, <laughs> I, I said, you know, it's it's just too. There's there's too much. The alliteration. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's also, you know, there's also some very fun uh, things that uh, when when we get to uh, 
when we get to Louisville uh, in the office, uh, there's there's another there's there's another. I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll ask Kevin uh, when when I put when I put them all together here, because uh, I think we discovered. I think two more. There, there was like two other racing KKs, uh, as well that uh, <laughs> that come up, uh, and uh, it's somebody. I think it's somebody from the TV. It, it's one of the TV, uh, one of the TV people, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and we we get the two Kevins. We got uh, KK squared. Uh, 4K and uh, Kevin Kirstein and Kevin Kilroy join us. Good morning, KKs. Steve, what's going on? How you doing? Excellent. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have the two of you sitting in front of me in the press box, but uh, we'll be all right. And 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 Kevin Kirstein, who who were the other KKs that we came up with last year in in, in the uh, communications office? Remember we we've got we've got four. We've got uh, us two. We've got. Keith Klein. Keith Klein. There we go. Yeah. And Kenny Klein. And Kenny Klein. All right. That's it. So any other KKs in racing, please please put your name. We're going we're gonna to do a top 10. Uh, we want we want to get this up to 10 KKs uh, in horse racing. Uh, <laughs> let's start, uh, Kevin Kirstein. Uh, a quick rundown. Your quick thoughts on this future wager group. I'll tell you what, at this stage, as you know, you've seen and talked about, uh, it's a wide open picture for this year's Kentucky Derby. And so, you know, sort of at this stage, in some years, you get a really defined favorite. And then the betting is sort of interesting between the all others category and that defined favorite. Well, now really, who is the favorite for the Kentucky Derby? So there can be a lot of value. And, you know, all told, after the, the Risen Star on Saturday, where we have seven uh, contenders in this pool that are in the Risen Star. We'll have to see what happens in that race and, and what the odds would be come Sunday at 6 o'clock Eastern when the pool closes. But there's a lot of value to be had, I think, in this pool four. Were, were there any uh, any tough decisions? Uh, anybody in here that, you know, you fought for to, to, for inclusion that uh, people should be aware of? You know, this was a fairly, I don't want to say easy pool to come up with, but when you're at this stage, and especially this weekend where the Risen Star has so many uh, promising derby contenders, it wasn't as difficult to come up with this pool as some of the others are. Pool two and three are very difficult, and even pool one, too. Uh, but when it came down to it, we sort of uh, probably had about maybe 60 to 65 contenders that we whittled down to 39. and um, So it wasn't too bad for the selection committee to come up with this, uh, this pool this time but you know from a person personal gambling wise a horse like just a touch is someone that i'm very interested in who's 60 to 1 on mike pataglia's morning line and it's all going to play out what happens in the risen star if you know, some of the favorites run well in the risen star if it's a close finish then i think the betting could correlate with that and inflate the price on some of the others that aren't running this weekend uh give everybody a very quick primer on the two japanese horses uh forever young is probably the more familiar of the two to people starting out at 30 to 1 and uh, uh has a growing awareness and reputation but amante bianco uh, is the higher of the two and and a little less familiar yeah, you know, we've had a, a large contingent of horses from Japan very interested in running in the Kentucky Derby. Um, a record number of Triple Crown nominees from Japan, which is great to see the international support. Uh, we'll, we'll likely see Forever Young in uh, the Saudi Derby next weekend. And Amante Bianco actually was almost, you know, 
uh, probable for the Hyacinth on Sunday, which is on the Japan road to the Kentucky Derby. He opted to actually run in a race on the NAR circuit in Japan um, and opt out of the Hyacinth. And we'll have to see if he ends up on the Japan road to the Derby next time for their finale or uh, or he opts to go somewhere else. But uh, Forever Young is, is definitely, I think, the, the favorable of the two in my eyes at this stage. And he's one of the favorites to win the Saudi Derby uh, next weekend. And who knows, maybe uh, they even talked about bringing him stateside for his last prep for the Kentucky Derby should he uh, be, uh, you know, successful in the Saudi Derby. Well, uh, for those that have not seen, uh, you know, his performances uh, from Japan, uh, three for three and maybe a, uh, a, a very special horse uh, is out of a congrats mare uh, and uh, by the uh, deep impact son, Real Steel. We'll talk about him maybe uh next week with Sid Fernando. Uh, let me turn to Kevin Kilroy, and uh, we'll start with the Risen Star. And uh, KK, uh, we, we talked the other day for uh, the Mardi Gras uh, festivities. How, how was the rest of the day? Yeah, that was a good day. See, we gave out some winners that day. Uh, we did, and uh, in fact, yeah, it's been a fun yeah, yeah. Yeah a few times so that was that was a good day reason to celebrate um uh and but just the, the performance by overcharged that was uh sensational you know so great to see that labret beat the open company and and do it in such dominant way and you know doncho doncho did, did you see the the quote-unquote gallop out he went whew, he kept going i think michelle's going to stretch him out i think we got to see uh, doncho on that uh future pool number four jk or, or the next one, the pool of five. But she, she, uh, we talked to her on Wednesday, and uh, very excited. Michelle's got a big, got a big day lined up for tomorrow as well. Let's talk about the Risen Star, uh, Kevin Kilroy. Your final analysis. Uh, you know, I think I'm gonna quote unquote single uh, Asmussen horses, Hall of Fame track phantom. I think the winner comes from that pair. Um, of course, when I get to the race and seeing the value and all that sort of stuff. Um, Things could shift a little, you know. I, I think in, in thinking about pool number four, I think you know Sierra Leone and um, uh, Realman Violin and uh, Anna Marie are going to have value because I think they're going to run well, you know, but not necessarily get the win. I think they need to get a, a race under their under the legs. Um, and the real target is to unlock fully for the Kentucky Derby, right? To slowly sure. work in direction. So um, in the long term, I think those three. Uh, maybe intrigue me more when I'm thinking about that in the Derby, but I think tomorrow's the day for, for Steve again, you know, with Hall of Fame. I think he could really um, work it out well. Maybe they take the top, Steve, and they just sort of control the pace, the two of them, and uh, um, just uh, save enough there for the mile and an eighth. Kevin uh, Kirstein. You know, I have very similar thoughts to uh, the Cajun KK, and uh, it's really the the big storyline of this race is what is the pace scenario going to be like? Uh, because you have a very much uh, an aggressive rider in Ricardo Santana Jr. on Hall of Fame, and then, you know, Joe Rosario is no slouch in himself um, on track Phantom, and he's breaking to the outside of Hall of Fame. So what will that pace look like into the first turn? I'm a big fan of Real Men Violin. I just, uh, you know, and and uh, Anna Marie, both coming out of the jockey club. I, I just think a mile and an eighth off the layoff might be too much for them uh, too soon. And uh, But there are definitely going to be some prices that I'm going to use underneath because I do think the two Steves will get some some play. If you held a gun to my head, I'm on track Phantom over the uh, overhaul of fame uh, just because he's done absolutely nothing 
strong and Steve is the best at developing a, a, a dirt horse. And so uh, very excited to see him continue on this road to the Kentucky Derby Trail. And, um, you know, until he proves me wrong, I, I've got to back him. Which of the prices, uh, Kevin, uh, do you consider the value for ticket building? You know, it really, it, it, I think it's going, there's, in my mind, there's nine horses that could run well in this Risen Star. Uh, the two inside horses and the far outside horse, I think, may be up against it. Um, but, I mean, between the nine of them, it's going to be interesting what the betting does. And some of those other races, uh, you know, leading into the pick four and the pick five, uh, I'm very interested in a horse like Best Actor. I think he's going to run a great race and a horse... Um, intricate in the Rachel Alexandra. Yeah. And so I'm sort of building my tickets around them and I'll probably have uh, some a spread ticket that I'll use in this risen star because I do think there's, you know, several horses that can win the race. And then I'll probably play a bigger ticket uh, denomination wise where I just use the two Aspies and horses. KK, yeah, uh, the, go ahead with some price ideas on the card. Yeah, if we are getting 12 to 1 on, on these pleasure entries, you know, I think that they both uh, stand a chance. Um, if you look at Moonlight, you know, maybe we still like that slot that we've been in the past two. Um, doesn't seem like the audibles have been winning at a high rate on off tracks and maybe uh, um, we're fresh and we're ready to go in here. You know, getting Giroux up, I think, is a good thing. He knows the track well. Um, and that can be, you know, play to your advantage. Um, and Cardinal, I mean, I think that's a super interesting one as well. I think Pratt's on that one for, for a reason, coming in town to ride that horse, blinkers off, um, strong angle for, from Fletcher. So I think those two, you know, if they do get uh, slept on uh, by the uh, the public, they, um, which I'm not sure if they will be 12 to 1, then they, they could offer value. Let's uh, back up through the card. Uh, Kevin Kirstein just mentioned uh, Intricate has come up uh, on a regular basis this morning for Brendan Walsh. Uh, Kevin, who else? How about some of the uh, some of the turf races? Any other spots on the card that you know you're excited about betting? I'm excited about betting whatever Kevin Killer recommends because KK, Cajun KK has been on site and been on the backside. And, uh, you know, that's such a thing into these big weekends is, you know, who's sort of ready for a prime performance or maybe who's prepping in one of these races uh, to go elsewhere, maybe to Kentucky in their next starts. And so, um, you know, I, I love Michelle Lovell to death, uh, but a horse like Just Might is someone that I'm going to be against this time just because um, I, I think that race is much deeper than Just Might. Uh, but that's sort of, you know, another angle, which, you know, being in, in uh, that turf sprint is, uh, you know, just against him. Uh, but really looking to try and figure out who's running their best shots on the Risen Star Day or who may be using these races as a prep for either Louisiana Derby Day or maybe opening weekend at Keeneland. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, I mean, just trying to get that race underneath the belts, out of conditions, those sort of horses um, you might want to toss. You know, if you're thinking about um, Hay Strike, if you're thinking about Camp Hope, you know, they've got to start somewhere. They've got a lot of wins, and um, uh, they're, you know, they haven't raced in a little bit. You know, I think the fairground stakes is going to offer value. I think, you know, Johnny's Fireball uh, ran with a different tactic last time and really closed well. Um, he's going to be able to get the rail there and um, the distance is a question, but I think he should be able to get a good trip. And he, he showed a strong run last time. The works have been good. Chasing the crown, the number two in there. Um, broke the, the track record for, for uh, going about one mile there. Or, no, a true one mile on January 20th on the turf. Um, that was a, a, a big run. It was bet to three to five that day. And uh, um, that was a tough field that he was against. 
Um, I'm against strong quality. I do. I think Rising Empire is is still got got one. Talking to Brendan, he just thinks you know he's he's going to be more forward. They wanted to be forward last time, and uh, it just shifted weight there in the in the in the gate right before it opened, and that just caused a, you know losing five wins at the beginning. So, Rising Empire I think can be dangerous in there. Palazzi's kind of sneaky with the five. So I'll be spread in uh, the fairground stakes to pick up some value on uh, you know the aspects and horses that I think that are going to be bet pretty hard, and then. It's hard for me to split between intricate and Vivi's dream, but I think I would single Vivi's dream. Um, and that uh, um, that oh, she's doing she's doing phenomenal. She's 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 running stronger than real men violin in the morning. So we'll see if that how it goes in the afternoon. But uh, she seems uh, she seems special. Kevin Kirstein and Kevin Kilroy with us and. Uh... Kevin, uh, we spent plenty of time this morning with Marcus and with uh, Frank Magui talking about the maiden races. Anything that uh, you want to add uh, looking at the we got the, the two short races, the sixth and the seventh for the girls and the boys, and then uh, that mile and the 16th maiden. Then, of course, there's also the fancy three-year-olds in the third. How about the other three-year-old events? Brad Cox is going to have a monster day tomorrow. He is absolutely loaded. Uh, I just walked the shed row with, with him and, and some of his staff. Uh, just do not leave Brad off your tickets. I know he wins often. I hate to be like a sort of a chalk eater like that, but I, I do think he's set up for a monster day tomorrow. And, uh, and, and these are the races that uh, he primes these horses to win um, on, on big days. So, uh, you know, if any advice gambling-wise, you know, I, I know we like to try and be cute sometimes and leave his, his horses off, but... Better to be defensive, I think, tomorrow and use them. Yeah, should should love stretching out, right? The ten um, in race in race nine, the works have been unbelievable. Seems like a, a monster, but I think also in that race, Golden Town uh, for Grant Forrester could run really well. You might want to use that one underneath if you've got Cornishman on top. Um, the works have been sharp as well with uh, Sweet Talking Bourbon that eight in there. Uh, really have loved the way that uh, that twirling candy cold us. Has been uh, has been training for Street of Bow. I think that one's coming in sharp. Um, who else we got in this? We've got uh, a six furlong sprint. Drip. I think we were talking about drip on, yep. on Tuesday. Yep. And just just big works, huge works with Anna Marie, and he's a big guy. And uh, you know, six furlongs. I don't think it's the end goal with them, so it might be a little bit too sharp, but. Um, I do think that uh, drip might be one where you can, you know, I think it's also a buzz horse. I don't think you're going to get the value there, but uh, you can maybe be against some of these other ones. It's a good feel. Well, and then Frank uh, actually said the same thing about drip that might want it longer, but has also worked uh, not just well, but he's been outworking Honor Marie, uh, essentially, yeah. uh, was the yeah. conclusion. Well, uh, yeah. KK's, uh, it should be. Uh, should be a fabulous day tomorrow. Hope the weather, uh, any, any added news on that front? Just being drizzled, what I'm seeing. What just I okay. Yeah, it's just, just light drizzles, and I'm, you know, my meteorology skills are about as good as my handicapping, 15% <laughs> at best. So, uh, look, I'll, uh, if you want to look on my X page first thing tomorrow morning at Horse Racing KK, I'll be out there and I'll, you know, post some pictures throughout the morning just to give handicappers an idea of, you know, what it's going to be like. But it'll be a great day of racing nonetheless. There's a little moisture in the track or not, but uh, just looking forward to a, a big day tomorrow. Enjoy, and I appreciate it. Uh, the uh, 
action from fairgrounds and the future wager kentucky derby future wager pool for noon uh today till uh, 6 p.m on sunday guys enjoy it thank you yeah thank you steve thanks steve good luck this weekend kk and kk uh nice let's uh, close out the morning I'm going to pull, pull this off all right, actually, and uh, which <laughs> I, I can never count on the, uh, on the timing working, but uh, we're in good shape. We'll have a good six minutes or so with Joe Christofek, and Joe is Joe's always very succinct, and uh, I, I think we got the timing right with Joe. I, I, I always have to. We always go back and forth about Central Time and uh, and Eastern Time. Joe Christofek to close it out as he often does on these <laughs> right on these big. You're the closer. I'm bringing bring you in like Bruce Souter. Uh yeah, that's a throwback, Bruce Souter. I got a I got a great uh, split finger fastball, uh, Steve. Well, then uh, give everybody a couple of. Uh, a couple of big ideas on a terrific card tomorrow. And, of course, the Risen Star has been the central focus all morning. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, for the Risen Star, I'm going to lead towards Sierra Leone, although I think uh, track fan will run big again because I just don't see a lot of speed in the race. And uh, I've got a couple other spot plays in some of these other random races, including the first race, Steve, where I've got a 12-to-1 shot in Copter, Trying to encourage everybody to start early. I know it's a six-hour day and a six-hour card, but there's opportunities early in the day. I like Copter in the first race at 12 to 1 in the morning line, and then I really like Point Proven in the second race, probably be in that 7 to 2, 3, 4 to 1 range. Uh, those are two horses I'm going to be focusing on early. Got some other horses in some of the undercard races, too, if you're interested in those. Yeah, of course. All right, race four, Causeway Benny. He's six to one off a better than a looks debut. Again, that's a Louisiana bred race. And then in race number five, a standout sensation who really stepped up her game last uh, time out. I think there's some fraudulent horses in there that uh, people are going to gravitate to. I think standout sensation is seven to two in the morning line. Uh, that's the one that I'll be keying on in race five. And then in all the stakes races, you know, I don't know what to do with Smile Happy. Um, in the mine shaft, I think best actor sitting on a huge race. I don't see a lot of speed in there. He's probably going to be the favorite or one of the favorites. But uh, of all the stakes races, which many of them are extremely wide open, uh, best actor is the one I'm the most confident in. Best actor and... Uh... You're not alone there. James Scully all over uh, Best Actor as well for the same reasons. Uh, <clears throat> one thing I sh uh, one thing I should mention, Joe, that I think you'll probably uh, concur on on days like this at fairgrounds. Uh, Amos, Al Stahl, uh, the big names uh, when when they have their owners in attendance, and uh, you you can count on. Their horses, uh, not to say that everyone is going to fire, but uh, I, I give extra consideration uh, in that building, the stall and Amos on days like this. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's just a matter of how their better horses and best horses stack up to the ones that sure. Brad and Steve and Brendan and, you know, et cetera, have. But there's no doubt. And it's just, you know, We've got a really good jockey colony here at Fairgrounds, but, you know, on these days, Luis Saez, Rosario, Velasquez, Pratt, they come in, 
and, and I know on Lecompte, those riders just absolutely dominated the action. So, you know, sometimes you got to take what the races give you. And that's why I think in some of these undercard races, especially these Louisiana bred races where those guys are in present, you're going to get uh, maybe some square prices that you wouldn't think about playing uh earlier uh, just because you're you're going to gravitate to the horses you know and some of these bigger names etc there are a lot of opportunities early in this card early pick five etc i know it's a 14 race day but i agree everybody's firing their best shots today regardless of the division well and i'm just giving i because now it occurred to me because i had a couple of the of uh, particularly of amos's horses already you know at least noted or or uh that i had noticed um, but I did not actually go through, uh, and, and he's not involved late, but through races uh, one through eight, uh, he's, he's got uh, Hardly able in the first, uh, Amos, he's got uh, Deccan Prince, or, or is that Agent, excuse me, Agent Creed in the second, in the fourth, uh, he's just lucky, nine to two on the rail in that Labred uh, group. He's got the two of them, uh, no risk it, no biscuit for uh, for uh, Dr. Politi, uh, and uh, you mentioned standout sensation, so he's got two in the allowance, non-winners of two. Uh, also, Higgins Boat, uh, who has actually uh, an okay look in the uh, maiden uh, sprint for the boys, and then he's got Minnesota Ready making the first start uh, for the new owner uh, out of the Lothenbach dispersal. So Amos, two, five, six, seven runners uh, and uh, I think you'll see Amos with at least a winner uh, on the day, maybe more. Every single one of those horses that you mentioned, I've got in my mix somewhere. Hardly able putting the blinkers on. Minnesota ready. That that race is super competitive. He was purchased by Amos and his ownership uh, group out of that uh, Lothenbach dispersal for I think three eighty five. That's a legitimate horse. Uh, yeah, every one of the ones you mentioned. I mean, you know, I like standout sensation. Amongst those, the best uh, based on the expected value and chances to get the job done. But yeah, all those horses you mentioned, uh, I feel are alive as well. Well, Joe, fabulous uh, fun on Tuesday, Mardi Gras day. You always make it uh, festive, and uh, tomorrow should be just outstanding. Risen Star Day, and as Joe mentions, uh, a a long fourteen race card that uh, starts at uh, noon central, one o'clock uh, Eastern, and it goes till six seventeen, seven seventeen Eastern. Uh, when the Risen Star goes off. Joe, good luck. Always great. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Steve. We missed you at the uh, Grand Forester Crawfish Boil. So hopefully, you know, I know you missed it as well. I did. Missed having you there. I appreciate it. Hopefully for Derby. Joe the K, everybody. Joe Christofek and uh, Kevin Kirstein and Kevin Kilroy and uh, who else? We had a little bit of everybody, right? Uh, going back through the morning. Uh, Hammer, of course, and James Scully and uh, Marcus Hirsch. Callie was with us. And uh, for the Laurel action, Nick Tamaro and Frank McGoey with uh, some terrific information. Uh, for those of you that have been listening, uh, we got, I think we were about 20 minutes in when. Uh, Brian was able to get the YouTube feed. We'll get the uh, we'll get it rebooted uh, and up posted archive and podcast for everybody. If you missed anything from the early uh, moments this morning, uh, best wishes to Kay over the weekend and back with you for a big recap. 
on Monday. I'm going to make the final decisions on the pick six sequence at Aqueduct. I'll get that posted, and we'll do that whole card tomorrow at uh, Fairgrounds. I've already put the work in, so we'll have uh, lots of action. Good luck, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to you Monday at the races. A lot of soul Taken from the well Locked in a factory Oh